Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Robert Moore Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Moore. If you want to email me, you can email me, robert at morewriting.com. You can get this show and other stuff all on my website, www.morewriting.com. Hopefully, everybody's well. I'm doing okay. I had to take last week off. I had to pot off. I had to take a pot off, as Joe Biden would say. Go ahead and take a pot off. Um, There's just a lot going on. Um, There's a lot physically going on. There's a lot mentally going on. There's a lot going on with the family. There's a lot going on with work. There's a lot going on at home. It's just just a lot all at the same time. And in the intro to this podcast, I always said that mental health comes first and also family and other duties come first. So I took a pot off. I needed a pot off. I kind of want to take this pot off, but I miss you guys and I want to give you an update on how things are going. So at first I was thinking, you know, I don't want to mix happy and sad. Um, I kind of wanted to do a um, uh, everything is great pod and then maybe the next week everything is not okay pod and uh what i wanted to talk about what i wanted to say it was a lot of mixed emotions about a lot of things and uh not getting a whole lot of sleep and some other stuff but i said you know what let's just go pod i I wrote some stuff down and i'll just see what comes from from the top of the head and uh one thing is is mental health It's, it's so important And uh, I was watching some other content creators that are the hardest of the hard, some of them, but uh, they all had one thing in common at some point, their mental health was was in jeopardy. Um, There's a guy who I watch on YouTube, him and his wife do YouTubes, and um, he was just taking on more and more stuff, and then success brought more and more things onto his plate. He wasn't take, getting any rest. He wasn't getting any sleep, didn't take a vacation. And he finally broke down where um, he said he would just start shouting odd stuff out of nowhere. And it took him a year to get on medication and get get well. And three different doctors he had to talk to. It was a lot. And he had disappeared from his channel. His wife held him down and did all the work. But listen to him talk to it. And he was like a cool guy. Um there were no onset symptoms or anything. It was just not getting any sleep, working too much, taking on so much responsibility and no rest. And after a while, it just broke him down. And that sounds like me. It sounds like me not getting any rest, not having any fun, a lot of responsibility, a lot of stuff on your plate. And it'll, it'll wear you down. So I, I, I recognize that. Maybe uh, December, I'll take some time off. I'll, I'll throw up some atonement stuff, but I'm, I'm not sure. There's another guy who was, uh, his wife do a YouTube, and uh, he started seeing things, but the same things. He wasn't getting enough rest. Success brought more stress, more money, more problems, I guess. It's not even money. It's just more, more success, more responsibility, more stress. But that guy also, um, it took him a while to get kind of back. I don't even know if he's back. I look at his hair and I'm like, you ain't back yet. But hopefully he gets back. And there's some there's some other people that content create and just, that's not even, it's not even just the content creating. It's not just family work stuff. It's just all of it together and no break. There's like no, um, 
no, you know, the, the only break was probably my, my brother's wedding. That was the one stress carefree day, but, um, kind of feeling it and, uh, I'll make sure to take care of myself. So, um, some of the things that I wrote down and I just wrote down a few things. I'm just going to go with them. Um, one was my mom's birthday last Friday and usually I record on Fridays. That's a very, very hard day for me. Um, throughout the other days of the year, I'm cool. But then on her birthday, I turn into little Robert and that's my cousins. They still call me little Robert. I turn into little Robert, start crying for my mom. I'm going to admit that on this show. And, uh, so that's, that's always a very, very bad day for me. Um, another thing that happened is, um, a friend of mine, uh, I'll, I'll even call him a colleague, uh, Marcus Atkinson, we call him Tito. I call him, I just call him Marcus. Um, he was a guy who um, would give the shirt off his back for anybody. Um, we worked a lot on the Holy, Holy Day of Atonement. We also did some work for the Hispanic community in the area. And um, he was just a guy who, um, he maximized his life. That's when I think of Marcus as a guy who maximized his life. One, I, I never heard him say a bad word about anybody in public or in private. Um, he was always a problem solver. He was never a problem creator. And um, he was someone, if he was feeling well, would would do anything that he could to help you. Um, the thing that I always admire about him is, <clears throat> like I said, he could have he could have complained. He could have said, if I had this or if I was this way, I could do so much more. He just did what he could do, and um, he had that. That was done a lot. He graduated from Ohio State. He had a fiance. Um, he had friends and colleagues who cared about him. Uh, he had a career who he, he was really into. In fact, if you look at some of his posts, it was about his business cards and other things. So that's what I. That's what. That's the lesson that. I would get from from Noah Marcus is that maximize your life, whatever cards you're dealt, whatever situation you were in, maximize that to keep it real with you. There's a lot of people that was born with a lot of stuff, a lot of physical attributes, a lot of money, and they're not maximizing anything. (laughs) And uh, when it's time for them to go, they will lack that respect that Marcus has Um, and all the world goes to Marcus. I smile a little bit, even though the selfish part of all of us here wishes he was still here. But I smile a little bit because and one of the things I'll say um, that I I deal with loss and things, I always think about what they're doing up there. And for Marcus, it feels like probably life is just starting. Um, Some of the restrictions and the restraints are now off of him and um, he can really start start getting into things. So, um, Marcus, we all love you here. It was, it was a pleasure knowing you pleasure working with you, sir. And, uh, we will see each other again. Speaking of, of Marcus, and he was an instrumental person in the Holy Days of Atonement. I talked about the Holy Day of Atonement. Um, Imam Paul Hassan was on the podcast and he talked about the Holy Day of Atonement, but it's really where, and go back and listen to those episodes. He, he explains it a lot better than I do. But it's pretty much a day where you atone, where um, if you have enemies, if you have bad words with anybody, if you have bad feelings with anyone, put that stuff aside, um, make up, have have a discussion, talk to the things that you want to talk about. 
and then move forward. Because I'll tell you, if you believe in the Illuminati, the the man, the powers that be, whoever, Wall Street, the government, whoever you think is controlling things, they want us all separate. If we're separate, we can't come together and really make change and make things better for everyone. And a lot of times they'll take small disagreements and turn them into a huge thing. And and that's how they keep us separated. Our half-truths, misinformation, that's all part of the game to keep us separate. I've even seen political groups and people argue with each other and they agree on the same thing. It's just a it's just a tiny piece. They're saying the same thing, but they're they have a little nuanced difference, so they're at each other's throats. Trying to accomplish the same thing, trying to do the same thing at each other's throats because this thing showed you this or this media outlet showed you that. We got to stick together, even if it means putting small differences aside. An example of that I always say is in East Palestine, Ohio, there was a train derailment, um, toxic chemicals, the air is bad. And um, the government comes in, they're talking to the people, the company is talking to the people, and the people are just kind of They've never been in this situation before, so they're going along with the government saying, they're going along with the company saying, government is chastising the company. But I'm thinking, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, the government and the company's on the same side on this. They want this to go away. And it, and it kind of is going away. And I'm looking at this small rural town and I'm just thinking, their civil rights might be being violated. And they should call someone that has expertise in this. They should call the Rainbow Coalition. They should call Attorney Crump and the people who put together the stuff for um, Minnesota when everything happened up there. They should call Jesse Jackson. Well, not Jesse Jackson. He's he's um, um, in the twilights. But should call a civil rights activist to come down there, get everything in order, organize, march. But probably because the media will say, the, those groups, those are just for black people. You guys are white. It's it's not for you, and um, they don't they don't want that. They don't they don't want us coming together. Could you imagine if the protesters who are used to vo- protesting for civil rights went to East Palestine, and then that group joined up with this group, and there was this big voice, and then they were done. They went back to Flint and then started bringing up stuff about that. Government does not want people coming together. And that's what I got about the Holy Day of Atonement is people coming together and solving problems that affect all of us. And one of the biggest things was, you know, in in the Middle East, um, there's Israel, there's Palestine, there's Hamas in the middle. I've I've given you my opinions on those. But on the on this day, this Holy Day of Atonement for 2023, we had Imam Paul Hassan. Um, uh, some other Muslim contingency there. Um, we have Mark Jaffe, who is a religious leader um, for the Jewish community here. We had Ricky Davis and some other Christian leaders here. Um, there were other pastors and reverends there. And their message to everybody was, we got to keep together. We got to stay unified. Don't break up. Let's keep doing the work we're doing. Because if you, and also don't, pay so much attention to a lot of the stuff that's on the media because they're going to show you some horrible things and pit sides against each other. Could you imagine if this 
put a bad feeling between Mr. Jaffe, Imam Hassan, um, Ricky Smith, and they weren't talking to each other, which means they're not doing the community work together. That would be horror. That would be an immediate horror to our community. But on the on the difference, they said, we're going to continue to work together. We're going to continue to bring people together and we're going to talk about issues that sometimes the discussions aren't comfortable. Sometimes uh, they need to be hashed out, but they need to be had. And in order for us to move forward, and I want to salute those gentlemen this Holy Day of Atonement because the people who were there and listened to those speeches, they realized we got to stick together and that whoever's controlling things, they want to separate and they're going to use this to separate us. Stay together. Stay friends. Keep working the work. Even if there's some things that irk you about the other person, continue doing the work. And and that's uh, where we keep going. We'll talk about being together in unity um, on, a, on another tour, that might be a special, a special topic for us. Um, another thing, my, my San Francisco 49ers, I'm all over the place today, but that's okay. My 49ers NFL, they were, um, five and oh, I was talking my smack 49er talk, uh, bang, bang, Niner game. <laughs> uh, we lost to the Browns and then we lost again last week. So we're now five and two. We're kind of reeling. The Browns might have figured us out, and some other teams are going to start to copy what the Browns did. Um, hopefully, we can adjust and make adjustments because I don't think a lot of other teams have the personnel that the Browns have. So I think we're going to be okay, but it's a dark time in 49er Nation. Meanwhile, the Browns, which is my home team, they're they're doing really well, so salute to them. Hopefully, you win here in Seattle. But the NFL is crazy. There's a lot of parity. There's going to be ups and downs, and there's no clear favorite because the Eagles also lost. There's no really clear favorite who's going to win the championship. It's not like in other years when it was like the Cowboys and the 49ers. There's about 10 teams that can win the Super Bowl. So it just depends on who's healthiest and who's going to be ready to go when it comes playoff time. But shout out to my Niners. Um, it was also sweetest day uh, last Saturday. I celebrated with my wife and my daughter. Um, I always like to celebrate because I want my daughter to experience what Sweetest Day is and what um, I, a husband shows affection to and, and care and support to his wife because I want whoever she marries to do the same thing for her. So I always always like to celebrate and we include her in that in celebration um, so she knows what time it is. But I used to be the matchmaker. I used to do crazy stuff to match people up. And I used to shoot my shot in a in a crazy way on Sweetest Day too. But that was like 20 years ago. That was that was back in the day when I was young and I had the abs and the muscles and stuff. And those days are, are long gone. But I'll still get in my romance bag and at least show my wife how much I appreciate her and show my daughter what appreciation uh, looks like. Um, my nephew Deshaun and in the the description of this podcast you can donate to the GoFundMe but um he is um back in doing another round of chemo um he is uh, a hero of mine I'm I'm going as him as Halloween that's that's my hero for this year and uh just continue praying and and hoping that um and I I'm confident that he's going to come out of this cuz he's a cool customer uh, usually, like I said in other podcasts, this would rattle, rattle me. He is not showing any rattle. He is a cool guy. Like it's not, it's not, it's just a thing. 
Um, but uh, I pray and, you know, I always think about it like if I had a windfall coming my way, if there was a blessing coming my way, if I was going to hit the lottery or something great was going to happen, I will turn that in for my nephew to be okay. Um, I know he's going to be okay, but just this to go away fast, I would I would turn in my lottery winnings, um, whatever blessing that is, I would I would forego that for him to be okay. Now, I, I look forward to me still getting those blessings and then he's still being okay, um, but it's just a rough time right now. And Deshaun, we all love you and um, keep fighting, keep fighting. We're going to keep praying for you and doing whatever we can to um, support you guys. A, f- a funny story is <laughs> there was a pilot and he took some shrooms, I guess, before he was supposed to fly, which is a weird thing to do. He took some shrooms. It was the first time he, sh- he was he took some shrooms, got into the cockpit, flipped out. There's these levers he tried to pull and that would have turned the plane into a glider because it would have turned off the engines and they would all have died. If he would have freaked out while they were all the way up in the air. It would have glided and they could have landed. Uh, okay. But taken off, you turn it into a glider and that's a death sentence for everybody. So they're charging him with 83 counts of murder. He's saying he didn't mean to do that. He would never hurt anybody. He was just tripping on the shrooms. I don't think you can use that as an excuse. I think you need to just lay off the shrooms before you fly. I don't know. Like he wasn't a shroom head. So I don't know why he would think that would be a good idea. Before, unless somebody gave him some bad information, said, "Hey, man, this will, this will calm you down before you fly." No, don't take any weird substances before going out out there. So the question of the day was: Is trick or treating dead? And the reason I asked that is because on my street, not a lot of people really trick or treat anymore. When I was a kid. People always came to my neighborhood for trick-or-treating. It was a great place to trick-or-treat. You get all kinds of candy. Also, as a kid, we really, really, really looked forward to trick-or-treating. That was our thing. We couldn't wait to get that candy. It was a it was a great, no matter the weather, no matter what was going on, it was trick-or-treat time. Well, now my neighborhood, there's not too many kids that come through. Not a whole lot of candy being passed out. So um, I was just kind of wondering, is it dead? And then I was listening to a podcast and they're like, yeah, trick-or-treating is done. No one trick-or-treats anymore. They do the trunk-or-treat in a closed environment. A little bit of candy, but the big bags, the big buckets of candy, that's that's all over with. And I thought that was weird. And then I was talking to my nieces and I was like, hey, are you guys ready for Halloween? Are you guys ready for trick-or-treating? Are you guys excited? And they were like, eh, like they didn't really want to go. And I'm like, wow, the kids aren't excited. The adults aren't excited. Is trick-or-treating dead? Is it really dead? Is the podcasters that I was listening to, were they right that it's dead? And I asked that question on social media. Here's some of your answers. Michael Firewood says, not as long as kids are on earth, even if you throw the candy away, let them kids be kids. I think he got me wrong. I'm not saying should you let your kids trick or treat because I think you should. It's just if it's if they want to, if it's the culture is is gone away. Um, By the way, he brings up a good point of some parents won't let their kids go 
trick-or-treating because they say all that candy's not good for you, the sugar, your teeth. And uh, he's right, you can throw it away. You can eat some of it, like slowly siphon off that supply. Um, a lot of dentists here, they'll let you turn in the, the, the candy from, I think, money? Or it goes towards your bill. You get something from it. So that's those those are good alternatives. Uh, Lapita says, uh, no, let kids be kids. Again, not the question isn't should you let your kids go. It's if that culture is gone. Like if it's just a thing that's not there anymore. Uh, Celia says, I just bought $75 worth of candy, so I hope not. I absolutely love passing out candy in my neighborhood and seeing all the kids in their costumes just being kids. Celia, I hope that you get to pass out most of that. The last few years, I bought like $50 worth of candy. And it got to the point to where they, like the few kids that came, I'm like, just get two big handfuls, homeboy. Just just take what you want to take because it's all going to be here. Now I'm going to eat it. So um, I give it all away, but it's giving it all away to like five or six kids. Debbie says, not in our neighborhood. Even people from surrounding communities bring their children here. That's good. I'm glad to still hear that that there are places where that's still going on. And then finally, Vanessa says, we love passing out candy, but for the last two years, we've only had a handful stop by. It could also be due to our neighbors not all handing out candy so the children stop wasting time coming to our block. It makes me sad. It's sad. That's a good point because I'm to the point where now to where I'm like, I don't really want to pass out candy. But if I don't pass out candy and the house next to me is empty, that's that's a big chunk of land that no one's passing out candy. And that could mean where the kids are like, I'm not going down that street because no one's there. It's like the chicken before the egg kind of thing. But for me personally, I hope trick or treating comes back. It's it's a great rite of passage. It's a lot of fun seeing your friends and other people dressed up. Um, it's just, it's always been a great time for me. And it's one of the best things about my childhood memories. So kids trick or treat if you can, I hope this culture doesn't go away, but if it is, um, we'll write about it in books and movies and stuff. So future generations will know how much fun it is and maybe they'll bring it back. So, all right, everybody, that is another edition of the Robert Moore Podcast. You can email me, robert.morewriting.com. Hit up the Sean's GoFundMe page in the comment section. Visit my website, www.morewriting.com. Thanks, everybody. Peace, and we will see you next week. (laughs) 